0: Hi, I'm James, and this is James Explores the New Mutants, an issue-by-issue exploration of Marvel's comic book series The New Mutants. Welcome to episode 46, entitled Friendly and Not-So-Friendly Rivals, in which I'll be examining issue number 39. Please stay tuned. So, as usual, let's start with a quick rundown of our creative team. Uh, obviously, Chris Claremont's writing. We do have two guests uh, Uh, Doing art for the book. We have guest penciler Keith Pollard. And Pollard. He was born in Detroit. He's from Detroit. And he's worked uh, quite a bit for Marvel actually. In fact. He's best known for his work. Doing simultaneously. The artwork for. uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Fantastic Four. And Thor in the early 80's. The late 70's. So late 70's early 80's. Um, He's. He's uh, he's okay on the book. Uh, I, I enjoy his artwork. It's not the best of the series, but as guest artists go, I don't think he's terrible. I think he's a very competent artist. He's definitely more of a house-style artist. He's not uh, pushing any boundaries uh, in terms of uh, abstract art or anything like Leliola, or certainly Zinkevich had done. Um, so, you know, he, he does a good job. His art really does well uh, when it comes to the vacant eyes of... It really holds up when, when dealing with the New Mutants in this issue. Where he really excels in this issue is... When he's drawing the new mutants, who are in this almost like walking daze, right? This this laxadaisical state that they 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 find themselves in, and his art really does a very good job conveying that. So he's he's competent, he's capable, and uh, I don't think the issue suffers um, too terribly with his his artwork on the book. Now we have a new inker as well as I I had mentioned. Guest inker is Delhi Baras, Baras, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, and I'm not, you know, I did a quick search online, and I did not come up with anything, uh, really at all, uh, the name Delhi does exactly what you might think it would, um, it, it pulls up information about, uh, delis, and, uh, That's obviously not what we're looking for. We're not looking about for sandwiches. We are looking for an artist. Um, I typed in his name, obviously, uh, and uh, Inker Marvel Comics Inker. You know, I, I did a couple different searches, and I really didn't come up with anything. Uh, if you happen to have any information about Delhi Baras, I'd love love to 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 find out more about about it. Uh, our our Inker on this issue. Um anyways, let's move on. We have letters under Orzacheski and Color uh Colors by Glynis Oliver. And Senti is still our line editor and Jim Shooter is editor in chief uh and continues in that uh in that capacity. So that's our creative team. So let's talk quickly about the cover of this issue. It is one of my favorite covers. I really, really enjoy this cover. So we've got the word, you know, the title, the New Mutants, uh, and the word "mutant" is uh, like space, almost spray-painted, paint, spray spray-painted over uh, the word "Hellions" in in red. Um, and we have the White Queen, Emma Frost, uh, and she is standing, and her face is shrouded in shadows, and she has this evil, evil grin, and. She uh, she's has an arm outstretched and dangling from her arm are these brown ropes and in and hanging from those ropes are the new mutants who are portrayed in dress in they're dressed in Hellion costumes. They they look as though they're marionettes. So, the title of this issue is Pawns of the White Queen, right? The marionette theme on the cover fits very well. It's it's a beautiful cover. Uh, and the art here is done by, for this cover, the cover art is done by Art Adams, who uh, is a very talented artist, very, very, very talented artist, uh, quite enjoyable. Anyways, that is the cover. If you get a chance, take a look at it. It's It's a beautiful cover. Let's let's not hesitate any longer. Let's dive into uh let's dive into this issue. Let's let's find out some more about the pawns of the white queen. So you you open the cover and you immediately are confronted with a splash page, and on the splash page we, we see Emma Frost and she's holding what appears to be a champagne flute or champagne glass, uh and it it appears to me as though she's celebrating. She is celebrating having pried the new mutants or acquired the new mutants from Magneto. At, at freely given, right? He he gave them to her freely. Without a fight, without any fuck fuss really. Um it really didn't take much and she now ha- controls the new mutants. And You know she had gone there under the guise of helping these teens deal with whatever trauma was plaguing them because they're just not themselves you remember and she does go into extensive detail fairly extensive detail in these panels following this page uh about why she wants the new mutants, what had occurred how she got them like uh kind of just a quick overall recap of the issue and she she tells the students, what she tells the students is uh, she welcomes them, right? She's welcoming them to the Massachusetts Academy and to the ranks of the Hellions. Um, and she tells them that she cares for their health and welfare no less than Xavier or Magneto And who is here? Let's, let's do a quick team rundown. It's probably a good idea because um, not all the New Mutants here. So there's a panel. We see them lined up standing in a line, looking at, uh, Emma, she's talking, addressing them. And so we're going to go left from right, left to right. Uh, we have Rain Sinclair. Uh, she's Spain. She can transform into essentially a werewolf. She can be a hybrid wolf human form, or she can just be a straight wolf. Okay. Then we have Doug Ramsey, Cypher. He is basically a linguist, super. He can read any language. Uh, he can read body language. It's super useful uh skill and a lot of people dislike Doug Ramsey. Um I don't know if that's changed over time, but initially people did not like him. His skills are fairly really not combat based. Uh much more of like this puzzle character. Uh if you're thinking like D&D campaign style, you know, you could Potentially have characters like a Doug Ramsey running around in your party, uh, but in a superhero comic, it is an odd skill, and it really does not fit when most of the times in superhero comics you just want to go around punching things anyways next up, Iliana Rasputin magic uh, she is able to teleport and a demon sorceress. Uh, and then we have Shane Coy Man. Karma. Her ability is to t- basically possess people. She can possess people, and, and uh, that's her her skill. She was the first of the New Mutants to join the team. Uh, she had taken a uh, she's been possessed by uh, uh, the Shadow King, and recently was freed from his thrall by her friends, and has re join the ranks of the New Mutants, only to be sent to the Massachusetts Academy. Next up is Sam Guthrie, Cannonball. He can blast, basically. His his bottom half, his lower legs, they erupt into flame, and he can rocket through the sky. He can fly. Uh, And he's pretty much invulnerable when he is blasting, so there is that as well. And finally, we have Amara... Aquila, she is a Nova Roman, she was uh, basically uh, a descendant of Rome, now who found, you know, her her, uh, descendant, they had found this, um, founded this colony in Brazil, in the uh, Brazilian jungle along the Amazon, and been in hiding, people didn't know they were there, they were recently discovered by the new mutants, and Roberto da Costa's mom, Uh, and she is immune, her ability is to basically become living magma, uh, lava, and she can, you know, make, manipulate the earth, uh, create miniature volcanoes, uh, she can ignite things on fire due to the immense heat of the living magma that she can transform herself into, um. And that is who has joined the team. Who is not here is Roberto Costa, Sunspot. He absorbs solar energy and becomes uh, basically this uh, black spot. And is extremely strong when doing so. He is not invulnerable in this form, though, however. So he can be injured. He has left the team due to uh, the events that had occurred in previous issues with the Beyonder. He is questioning what's the point of being a superhero, and he has not been around for a while, so he has not suffered the same fates as his friends, and the other new mutant who we do not see here is Danny Moonstar, and she had been snapped out of uh, her traumatized state by Thor, who was in frog form, and that's a long story that does not really adhere to what is happening in the New Year's pages so I have not talked about it but he is essentially a frog and uh, he, he visited Daniel Moonstar and helped her uh, come to grips with what had happened to her and she is now free she is not uh, she still has that trauma but she's begun to move past it and is a little more uh, whole and uh, complete And not so withdrawn and hidden from her, from the world around her. She's living her life again. Uh, Her ability is to pull from people's minds and make uh, almost a holographic image appear. And later, it will become physical uh, manifestations uh, of their greatest desire, greatest fear, things they really want or things they are terrified of. And uh, that's what she. Is able to do. She is also Valkyrie and she's been able to she's gained the ability to see the image of death. So if somebody's about to die, she will see uh she can she can sense that. So that's that's our team. So Danny and uh Roberto De Costa are not with them, but the rest of the new are here and as she's addressing them, as, as the White Queen's addressing them, you know, she tells them she cares for their health and welfare, no less than Xavier and Magneto. But unlike Magneto, who has all this immense power, he you know, is unable to do something about it. She will be able to help them. And so she sends them to the training room to try on these new uniforms that the Hellions wear and tells them that the Hellions will help them acclimat, you know, acclimatize to their new environment and they do as they're told without any hesitation and she thinks to herself that they're just too quiet too well behaved they don't care they have no energy they don't seem to want even to live and she's uh, just can't understand what could have happened what has caused this trauma and she knows she's going to have to do some something you know and so her plan is to perform telepathic surgery um it's super dangerous, though. If she fails, it could result in their death. Um, she's never done anything like this before, not on this scale. So, failure could result in the new mutant's death. It could also result in her death. Uh, but, success, there's a chance that she'll. I mean, it's pretty much she sees it as it's guaranteed if she succeeds that they'll join the ranks of the Hellfire Club. And that's really what they're playing at. That's what they want. Um, Claremont's white. The Emma Frost, White Queen, is, is pretty evil. Uh, in later iterations, she will become softer. And really, her caring, she does care for the students in later iterations. Um, that is her primary focus, or is the, the children, is the next generation, um, and, and it is something that she is super passionate about. It, that does not come across as well. Uh, in Claremont's White Queen. I mean, it's there, but it's, you know, there's another reason that she cares, Uh, whereas I don't think that that's the case in later iterations. Um, Anyways. She, Emma Frost, really believes that both, both will benefit from success and uh that's that's the plan so the new mutants do as they were told by Emma Frost and first we see Sam and Doug and they are greeted by Thunderbird and Jetstream Thunderbird is James uh Proudstar his brother was John Proudstar who died uh was the first X-Men to die um And he recently, in Uncanny X-Men or X-Men 193, had made peace with Xavier. And this is the first time we've seen him since then. Uh, Jetstream, uh, he uh, and Sam Guthrie have a friendly rivalry. And Jetstream basically is a cyborg who has the mutant ability to fly or Not really, it he can fly. Uh, I'm not sure if it's mutant or otherwise, but uh, I think he's cybernetic, he has some cybernetic implants, but I could be incorrect in that. Um, but he and Jet uh, and Sam Guthrie do have a friendly rivalry. Now, things are going okay, but James Proudstar he does notice that there's just something off, they just don't seem right. And Jetstream he speaks to uh, Doug. Uh, in Arabic and Doug responds in Arabic and uh, Jetstream comments that his powers are not very impressive, like they're not very flashy and Doug s- responds back saying, doesn't matter, flashy or quiet, strong or weak, our powers didn't save us and James Proudstar asks, from what? Death and life and If that didn't, wouldn't, you know, I think that would weird out anyone. It's just, these guys are just not normal. They just are off. There's something off. They're like zombies. Um, And this is even more strange. Um, We cut to Lady's locker room and Empath. We see Empath, he has this ability to um, manipulate people's emotions. And he is attempting to do that. He is preying on the New Mutant uh, ladies, the women of the New Mutants team, and he's finding them non-responsive. They're just not responding to his his uh, his skills. They just seem so uh, emotionally numb. There's just there's no fact, and he's just it. It doesn't make sense. He's he's certain that he should. You know, that, that they should just fall under his sway. That's what he's used to having happen. And from behind him appears Ileana. She arrives from Limbo. And she, you'll notice in the artwork that she is changed. Her appearance is changed. She appears more angry, more evil. Just does not seem like the Ileana we're used to seeing in the pages of the of the Uh, New Mutant comics, Uh, her hair has skulls interlaced in between it, like miniature skulls, Um, anyways, uh, Empath is shocked to see her, Um, you know, he he staggers back where she's coming from limbo, he falls, tripping over the bench, Uh, soon the ladies from the the Hellions team, Cat's Eye, Roulette, Tarot all arrive, and they're telling him, you know, get, Get out he shouldn 't be in here; he knows better than this, and he 's scrambling his, to his feet he he scurries towards the door, he slips on a wet spot, flies out the door, and oh, sure enough, the white queen confronts him on the other side of the door. Um, I, I saw a post just recently uh, on Facebook, and somebody had commented that they thought it was really comical how every time he sees Ileana, he he pees himself. And, you know, it is kind of, you know, I don't know if that was just meant in, like, you know, it's funny that he gets scared every time, you know, he's terrified by Liliana, uh, or, I you know, <laughs> but in this scene, you know, he slips on this wet spot, now, yes, it's the ladies' locker room, I'm sure they shower there, uh, but a wet spot by the door does seem kind of out of place, uh, it is entirely probable that he pissed himself, and slipped in his own urine, uh, and that's what's caused him to slip, yeah, I don't know if that's intended here, but it is kind of comical to think that maybe he, the wet spot he created it when he, when he voided his bowels, uh, or not his bowels, his, uh, yeah, anyways, you know what I'm saying, uh, so I don't know, it's just kind of comical, um, anyways, uh, soon we see a picture, um, the, the White Queen has all the New Mutants dressed in their Hellions outfits and they the team has in inter- has blended they're all Hellions now and she takes a picture has a picture taken and we saw a scene similar to this in New Mutants issue number 17 Um, there's a few differences however Danny is not here, Ileana is, Ileana wasn't in that picture, uh, or in that scene, um, the other thing that is different, Doug is here, um, so there are some differences, it's, it's, it's kind of neat, though, it is, uh, an interesting, kind of a cool callback to something that might have happened, but hasn't happened, um, uh, anyways, that's that's kind of uh, just kind of this interesting callback, right? Like it's unlikely that this was planned, that this issue was planned to tie into past issues because of the you know when Claremont was writing that issue seventeen, uh, New Mutants issue seventeen, he wouldn't have foreseen. The Secret Wars right And so it's unlikely that This being the fallout from Secret Wars He had intended necessarily For this all to work the way it has Um that's probably not Um not exactly How it would have happened Had he had his druthers Um but he's made it work beautifully And it's it's kind of neat to have that Callback um To the time that Ileana and Danny. Um you know, had to rescue their teammates from the the first time uh, from uh, White Queen. Weeks later, at the Xavier School that has now been closed, Magneto sits in the dark in his study. He's looking at pictures uh, of of his team, right? He has received a photo from uh, the Massachusetts Academy and the White Queen of the Hellions, his his one-time members of the New Mutants now dressed as Hellions and part of that team. He compares it to a photo taken not long ago uh, when Roberto was still on the team and they were dressed in their New Mutants uniforms. They were happy. This was before they'd met the Beyonder, before really anything horrible had happened in their lives. And in terms of the Beyonder, in terms of life and death. This is the thing we the readers know, that they had been killed by the Beyonder and brought back. No one else knows that. No one else knows. Uh, he's he's mourning their loss. He's mourning the loss of the New Mutants. And he's drinking himself, drinking. That's what he's doing. This is what Magneto's doing right now. Elsewhere, Daniel Moonstar, she... Uh, is standing in the danger room control booth and she decides to utilize her powers on herself and she pulls forth her deepest desire and it's that of her teammates training together working together as a team she's standing in the control booth next to their teacher magneto and she asks how he thought things they've done after the training session and he says they were satisfactory and that They'll go over it in the classroom. But she realizes the smile that creeps onto his face is one of pleasure, that he's pleased with what he's he's witnessed. It's in this moment, too, that we get some interesting insight into Danny, or into Ileana. Danny wonders if Limbo is more Ileana's home than earth and and the new mutants and if that's the case wouldn't that make demons like sim more like her families than her actual family it's nothing that danny really digs too deeply into but with events that have occurred recently iliana is making the shift to a much darker uh more readily evil character um Her character is changing, and we will see that play out over time and what that's going to culminate in. Uh, But back to Danny. she realizes that what she's seeing here is not reality. It's what she wishes reality was. It's what might have been, had it been beyond or not. Arrived and messed everything up, and it's it's an interesting moment because it, it it makes me kind of wonder if it's you know as much as Claremont's reaping out of the the run in with Beyonder and as great this as these story arcs are, is is this kind of Claremont saying you know um, I had my own plans for this book and it didn't include Beyonder and if you'd have just left me to do my thing, things would have been fine. You know, is this this Claremont saying, you know, the Beyonder and the Secret Wars thing was was kind of ridiculous and a waste of time, and you messed up my stories? I I, I like to think of it that way, as this is kind of a commentary on on that event, right? The idealism of this moment and Danny's commentary about had the Beyonder not arrived? I kind of like to look at it in that light. Massachusetts Academy. The white queen is we 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 enter a scene where the white queen is performing a psychic surgery on rain sinclair um as a result of the surgeries the white queen has kind of figured out something that no one else really seems to know except for the the new mutants of course and that the that it's the beyonder that has caused this trauma and it the beyonder as we know had killed the new mutants, wiped them from existence, wiped them from everyone's memory, and then brought them back to life. And le- not only that, but left the memory of it all within the new mutants. So they know exactly what happened to them. And this is causing, this is what's causing the issues for the new mutants. This is what's caused them to really just collapse into themselves. And so the white, this is what the white claims trying to correct, correct um and in doing so she she does she you know she helps rain with this problem just as she's helped the other new mutants and it should allow them to be happy and joyous and free um what we learn from this uh is that this takes a lot out of out of emma uh, to do these surgeries she can do one a day uh, and this one's really taxed her uh, As she finishes up with rain um, what we've also find out through Emma is that rain such a modest and moral child you know this is what we see the readers but there's a passion this fiery passion that burns in within within her and it it really in in the White Queen Emma Frost's mind links closer to the Hellfire Club than it does uh the X-Men and what Xavier is trying to do. Um and so she thinks this might be an in. And like I like this. This is in my mind this is a callback. This is a callback to um the the cloak and dagger uh crossover. Or not really crossover, but guest appearance, where Rain had Dagger's abilities, and what we saw from Rain when she had Dagger's abilities is she was able to transform into this beautiful, gorgeous woman. And she was running around New York, staying in these lavish hotel rooms. <coughs> like um, it, it, it tapped into that fiery passion inside of Rain, right? And she was less modest and more venturesome than she had been previously. So I think this is calling back to that. That's what I would say. Um, And also, after Rain is brought from her slumber and awakes to Emma Frost, she no longer is, like, scandalized or uh, put off by Emma's appearance. She embraces Emma very quickly. So is this something else that Emma has removed, right? Is this something that Emma has kind of manipulated? Is Emma not only trying to help these kids, but is she also prepping them for their um, acceptance, like for acceptance into the Hellfire Club? Is she removing blocks that would normally have uh, inhibited uh, their students' uh, acceptance of Emma Frost and the Hellions? It's, it's curious. She doesn't outright say it, but it makes me think that that's what's going on. Um, and she asks Rain how she's feeling. And Rain describes the feeling as like some awful rock has been crushing me. And now it's gone. And I can breathe again and move and speak. And Rain, of course, she's overjoyed. And she wonders if her friends are okay. And Emma says, well, why, why don't you go find out? And of course they are. And they're all very happy. And Emma, her plans are in place. She now has the students back To some semblance of normalcy. And this is going to help her in influencing their staying at the Massachusetts Academy. And also potentially joining the Hellfire Club. So it's a grand manipulation. Meanwhile, back at Xavier's mansion. Magneto sits in his studies drinking. uh, And Danny storms in angrily. She tells him she's going home. And, you know isn't impressed with his decision and he defends his decision though. He does defend his decision to Danny um, saying it's what he thought was best. And Danny says, quote, you quit when the new mutants needed you most. End quote. She, you know, and she argues that she's, she was able to come out of it and it's entirely possible that the others would have too. And Magneto's response is a uh, key collapses into self pity. And he says he's a failure. It's his fault and you know, he couldn't do anything about it, and he's a failure and he's he's, you know, worthless and that's his defense. And Danny begins talking about something that she she and the others had never told anyone. She and Ileana in particular had never told anyone. She talks about how Ileana and her had gone through her stepping portal to to uh, limbo and then when they transported back to uh, Massachusetts they'd shifted in time and space. they'd shifted in time and <clears throat> in doing so they were confronted by an image of the Hellions and the New Butans embracing each other working as one right they were as one team um, and this this moment is similar right this moment's very similar except for in this moment like I said earlier in the episode, there are some differences. Doug Ramsey's part of the team. Uh, Kitty's not there. Ileana is. And uh, and as she's telling Magneto this, she tells him that because they altered time, because they, they'd rescued their friends, they'd figured it wouldn't come to pass. There was no reason to worry about it because they changed things. But Magneto, thanks to his... Turning the new mutants over to Emma Frost, he's created this. He's the one who, who who brought this about, and there's some dark comedy in that, right? for Danny. like it's horrible. there was it's inevitability, like there's a certain inevitability to it um, that there's no matter what you do, the outcome will always be the same. <clears throat> Which is odd for a comic, uh, a superhero comic, right? So many times we see heroes fighting against inevitability and overcoming it, and here we get a look at like here's what was seen, what what Illyana and Danny saw in the future, and they figured they fixed it, right? That they changed that, that that was no longer a possibility, but through fate intervened, and as a result the New Mutants are now bound to White Queen anyways. Uh, It's it's interesting, and I kind of wish they would have delved a little more into this, Um, but it is kind of a neat uh, thought experiment to a certain degree, right? Like, it does appear, like, because the time frame, it would be probably about a year. It's about the length of time that had had passed from that issue to this issue. New Mutants 17 is about a year later, or about a year later. Um, So... And and it has come to pass anyways. But Danny's not here just to tell him, you know, to, to, to tell him how bad a job he's doing. She also tells him that she's leaving. And on her way out the door, she bumps into Stevie Hunter, who she, you know, her they embrace, and there's a tearful goodbye. Bye. And Danny, you know, as much as she wants to help her friend, she just doesn't think she's capable of it. And she's not willing to become a slave to the White Queen like she was beyond her and that's just not something she's willing to do as much as she wants to free her friends. But she tells uh, Stevie that she's left a message for the X-Men. They're the senior team. It's better that they handle it. Uh, and what we don't know yet is that they're soon good, the X-Men will soon be engaged in a life-and-death struggle in San Francisco. So they're a little busy right now, and that's why they're not uh, currently uh, bombing around the mansion. Uh, Warlock also shows up and he tells uh Stevie and Danny that Tom and Sharon are missing. She can't find them anywhere. Well, Danny hugs Warlock and tells him, you know, make sure you say goodbye for me to Tom and Sharon. And she hops on Brightwind, uh Brightwind and flies off, you know, saying her, saying or go about her goodbyes. She's going home to Colorado. Um, and Danny, for her part, she's thinking to herself, she's lost. She doesn't know who she is right now. She's really overwhelmed. She doesn't know if she's just a normal girl, if she's a mutant, is she a Cheyenne, is she a Valkyrie? You know, who does she and where does she belong? And she's really hoping that she can find some of these answers at home. Back in Massachusetts. Rain, she awakes having had a nightmare. She screams out and a uh, cat's eye. Her, who really really adores rain uh goes to comfort her and rain has transformed she's transformed into her transitional uh human wolf hybrid form and bats uh swats uh cat's eye knocking her across the room she didn't mean to do this and she quickly reverts to her human form and goes to to cat's eye to help her out um, meanwhile the rest of the hellions and the new mutants they all burst into the room uh smash uh, sam and jet stream smashed through a window and cat's eye and wolfbane you know they've everyone checks them you know out, asks what's wrong she says she had a bad dream um and and cat's eye and, and and wolf's bane they both transform into their you know animal forms and they jump out they're gonna go out and frolic and play outside um and everybody's curious, you know, everybody's here except for Ileana, and nobody knows where she's at. All of a sudden, she ports in from lim- limbo. And Sam, he sees her, and he, and he notes, you know, in his thoughts. He's thinking, and we the readers are privy to this, of course, that Ileana is shifting to a darker form. She's getting worse. And, and he wonders if it's the White Queen's fault. Well. Has she, you know, made this happen? And Doug, you know, he has, you know, everybody's trying to figure out where Eliana was. She tells him, you know, she's in limbo, obviously. Um, And Doug asked her if she had a bad dream, too. And she said, no, I I haven't. I'm fine. And, you know, she divulges at this point that she, you know, the reason she can get away without having these dreams is she just doesn't sleep. She's not sleeping. And... The White Queen, she's kind of watching this. She's, she's not able, you know. She's, you know, listening to everyone's thoughts. She's, she knows what's going on, um, and, you know, she informs us through her thoughts that she, she's not able to read Ileana's mind. Just still, like even after everything, she can't. She has no access. She's locked out of Ileana's mind. So she's not able so so what has happened to Ileana is not of the way Queen's doing. In fact, she's not been able to help Ileana. So it's likely that sleep deprivation and this, you know, loss of humanity in a large part is what, you know, is the cause, is the culprit um of of Ileana's transition, right? Like she doesn't value life, her own life, right? Like she's just a walking Emotionless mess, and without that, you know, what's to keep her bound to humanity? Nothing, you know. The the, the emotions, the that the 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 desire for life, the the zeal for li- zeal, the the, the the zeal for life is 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 what would have bound her to humanity. So it's likely that that the, the the you know, what happened at the hands of the beyonder is is the cause of Ileana's slipping further and further into darkness um and the white queen for her part realizes that whatever's happening in Ileana is a big deal and she's got to try to figure out you know how to help her because right now things aren't looking good meanwhile back at Salem center tom and sharon finally return they they stumble into the mansion uh and they're wearing what looks like fetish gear i mean and tom he's carrying sharon she's just completely out of it and he and he begs magneto for help um and and of course magneto does uh stevie hunter and magneto uh take him to the infirmary and, and they get you know get him help you know get him some rest and and help them recover and it's not long before magneto finds out that empath you know is behind what has happened to them he he forced them to just you know lust for each other and and they just burned themselves out like at first it was beautiful according to sharon but eventually you know just got worse and worse and worse and they craved each other more and more and more and it became insatiable and eventually it just burned out whatever was in they felt like dead husks and then they came back to the mansion um and and like i said it looks like they're wearing fetish gear it's pretty much locked on them It's, it's some really weird stuff but uh um you know with this revelation magneto now realizes he's been manipulated right empath has been you know manipulating yes those those emotions of confusion fear insecurity that magneto has been struggling with those were there from the start they've been there since he took over the school but empath amplified those he made it worse he helped Bring you know, and, and over time this increased emotional state for Magneto has really wore him down, just brought him down. And, and and so when Emma Frost, the White Queen, came to offer her help, he he was ready. He was he he was willingly accepted her help. And and I'm leaving out like the 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 sheer rage. That is depicted in these pages because Magneto explodes with anger. He's ready to like tear uh, Emma and Empath to to pieces, and and he pretty much states pretty blatantly that you know if there's ever a mutant that deserved to die, it's Empath. He's he's nothing but scum, and he does you know Magneto for his part really sees the Empath. He looks to Empath uh, when he examines Empath as he does here in this, in this book he, he sees Emma having had a large hand in distorting him and bringing out these horrible traits in him um, you know where that truth lies it's hard to say uh, I know Emma's had her own problems with empath I don't think she's entirely to blame um, it may be partly personality and it's probably partly that he's got powers that are extremely manipulative And it would be really hard, I think, not to use them in a way that is really horrible. You know, like, to manipulate people and to do your bidding, to get what you want. Uh, an Empath, this is all, like, he's he's pretty, right now, he's just pretty much an evil character. Uh, But he is being prepped. Like, all this is going to lay groundwork for his eventual kind of... Uh, revival, I don't want to say revival, that's not the word, but, uh, definitely he's going to become more of a gray, they're going to, they're going to bring him about in a way that's going to be fairly interesting, um, so that's kind of exciting, I always like it when we take a villainous character who's nothing but evil, and we give him more nuance and depth, and that's definitely going to be coming for for empath. That's also coming for obviously white the white queen, but that's that's further down the road. Um, either way, Magneto knows, and he's furious, and he's going to try to do what he can to help the new mutants. Now he's got to help him. He knows that. Um, the deal is though, Emma has has figured it out. She felt his rage. She knew. She knows he he knows, and. She's got to decide what to do. Like the Hellions, they're not able. They're not going to be able to face him. They can't face Magneto. They'd be defeated so easily. And on top of that, it would really put. Te- it would be too severe a test in her mind of the loyalties of the New Mutants. Like if if they went up against their old uh, headmaster, it could easily <coughs> snap them back to wanting to join the Xavier School. They might not be able to stand up to him. As far as her guards her troops around the campus uh, that she has her hellfire goons uh they'd just be massacred it wouldn't even be a fight uh she could summon the fellows the her fellow lords of the hellfire club right but she sees that as unacceptable they, it would possibly result in an irredeemable loss of status and she's not willing to, to challenge that that's not something she wants so she does what her, the only option she has and that's to call the sheriff's department and Notify, and tells them to notify the proper authorities that Magneto's threatened to, to, to come and kidnap her students, that they're in danger. And that's how this episode, this issue concludes. Um, Emma Frost's reaching out to authorities to uh, bring in some, another team to help out. And you're wondering what that team is, who that team is? Um, the title of the next issue, issue might help you with that. It's titled "Avengers Assemble," so our next issue uh, will be Magneto going up against the Avengers. It's going to be kind of a fun, a, a good issue. It'll be a fun time. So that's that's it for this issue. So that's the issue. Um, you know, there, there's a lot kind of that happens here. We we see a transition of the Hellions. What we're really seeing here. Uh, is a transition from the Hellions from being the enemy of the New Mutants to friendly rivals of the New Mutants. Certainly there aren't all there. Not all the Hellions are to that point. Uh, If we look at Empath, uh, he's fairly manipulative and cruel. Um, We're going to see characters like um, Roulette uh, not really fully fulfill that role. But characters like James Proudstar, uh Thunderbird, uh Jetstream, um Cats Eye, you know, to a certain degree Tarot, Uh those characters are softening and and they're they're becoming they are friends. They're friends with the school with with the new Mutants, and you know they're teenagers, they have a lot in common. Uh and and, and I like this transition and it's it's a shame that you know Claremont will be off the book before long and and the Hellions will kind of fall by the wayside to a certain degree. Uh, We'll see less and less of them. And then, you know, it's not long before they're killed off in the 90s, uh, which is a darn shame because those characters are... are, Some of them are really cool. Some of them are really interesting. Uh, What we do see uh, out of the Hellions, a character that does make a bigger splash in the 90s is James Proudstar. And that's always a great thing. I I enjoy his character quite a bit. Um, Anyways... That's that's the issue, uh, and it's pretty solid. I enjoy it quite a bit. I really do, like I said before, like uh, what Claremont's able to do with the Secret Wars um, here, and uh, I, I appreciate that, and I, I think he's done a fantastic job, and it's, it's a really good story, and it's going to continue uh, next issue with uh, at issue number 40, Avengers Assemble. Um, And before we go into closing uh, monologue, I do want to just point to let everyone know uh, I apologize for the lateness of this episode. Um, I'm getting out late here on Wednesday, just finishing it up today because I moved. I moved over the weekend. Uh, It was pretty chaotic, pretty crazy. Um, And uh, I am now in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, I I moved. uh, My girlfriend got a job here. And, uh, yeah, hopefully good things come out of this. I'm excited. uh, But it's been pretty chaotic. And uh, I'm not exactly where I'd like to be with the podcast. But uh, we're going to keep plugging away at it. Uh, So please tune in next week. I will have the episode next week up. Um, I had a schedule, you know, uh, on time on Wednesday. And uh, I thank you, the listeners, for uh, tuning in. It's it's a blast and I really enjoy this. So thank you. Um, yeah. The podcast can also be reached on Twitter at Explore New Mutant via email at explore the new mutants at gmail.com. Visual companions to the episodes are available on Facebook and Instagram simply by searching James Explores the New Mutants. Well, until next week, like I always say, keep reading those comics. James Explores the New Mutants has been recorded in Des Moines, Iowa, and is produced by myself using the Anchor app. New episodes are published every Wednesday and can be found wherever podcasts are available. Uh, You can reach the podcast uh, a number of ways, so let's run through those really quickly.